Hey, this is Heath Padgett, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 69. The RV Entrepreneur is a weekly podcast for nomadic entrepreneurs. Today is Friday, which means this is a mini episode, and it's actually a 10 to 11 minute clip from a Facebook Live video that Alyssa and I did a couple months ago. This conversation skews a little bit more on the travel and RV life spectrum versus more business. Uh, We talk about some of the biggest things we've learned from three years of living, working, and traveling in an RV, what we wish we'd done differently our first six months on the road while we were transitioning into this lifestyle, and we answer some listener questions who were tuning in to the Facebook live stream. And since we recorded this on Facebook Live from my iPhone while sitting outside at a campground in Alabama, you'll hear a little bit of background noise like wind and birds, but it's not too bad and it shouldn't actually interfere with listening to what we're saying. All right, let's jump right into today's episode. Hey everyone, what's going on? Make Money in RV Facebook group. Coming to you from uh, the side of the Tennessee River yep. in Florence, Alabama. We spent our winter here last year. Don't recommend winter time here. It's kind of cloudy and dreary. And, uh, it's way too far north for us for our winter. It snowed twice, which... Two I, days. Yeah. Two days. So anyway, if we haven't got to meet yet, it's good to meet you via Facebook Live. We just wanted to uh, <laughs> jump in and say what's up to everyone and see how everyone was doing and talk about everything that we've learned during our first 1,048. It's going to be here for a long time. Yeah, so I've actually got a 5,000 word essay <laughs> that I'm going now. Um, that I will read aloud. <laughs> yeah. I've been kind of wanting to do a little bit of a recap because we have been on the road now. It'll be three years in May. So I still have, we still have a little bit until like our three year. Uh, actually, what day is it? April 14th was the day that we bought our RV. Oh, really? Okay, so almost three years to the date that we bought our RV and I've been wanting to kind of do a recap on just like, I don't know, some of the bigger, higher level things that we've learned during those first three years of RV living. Kelly said, we want to know where is your favorite place? What's up, Kelly? Where's your favorite place that you travel to so far in your RV? In our RV, I'd say Banff. Banff National Park in Canada. Yeah, Yeah, the Canadian Rockies for sure, because it's gorgeous. Like I've never seen water that blue, but and someone else's RV, Alaska, is awesome. Yeah, I would say that if you don't want to make the entire trek up to uh, Alaska, like if that's a little intimidating, because it kind of is, um, then the road up to Banff and up to Jasper is a good like, like a se- trial run. No, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, because you see similar terrain, not as cool, not as many bears, but you can see some bears. We saw one bear on like our last day. Yeah, my answer would be favorite place. Banff is definitely up there. Yeah. Pacific Coast Highway is still one for me that I go back mm-hmm. to all the time. Pacific Coast, there's something special about driving up the Pacific Coast, and we can't do it now in our 33 foot rig, but we could do it in our 29. It's kind foot of one. disappointing that the East Coast doesn't have something similar. Actually, the if they Blue do, Ridge Parkway, let me which know. is but that's not on the ocean. No, I know, I know. There's too many bays and inlets. What's the worst thing about being full time? I always hear the good things. What are the top? two to three negatives hmm. I, I have know. to wait some I have to wait 10 minutes before my water's hot to shower <laughs> that sometimes sucks not having endless hot water maybe we're just spoiled people high maintenance people that is kind of rough Wi-Fi though. was really bad our first year on the road um, now we have an unlimited Verizon jetpack and life is way better uh, yeah I I don't even under, like 
I don't know how we did it before without it, but I highly recommend that everyone get one if you want to work on the road. Yeah, so that one's for sure. Or if you want to watch Netflix on the road. Yeah. Good for that, too. Okay, so we've got negative things. (laughs) Yeah, the bad parts. The bad parts of RVing Um, or the realistic, yeah. When your tanks start smelling and no amount of deodorant will fix it. Which does happen. That sometimes that does happen. You have yeah. to just keep pouring that toilet deodorant down the drains. Um, any other like worst parts? Of, I know like a lot of this I'm sure you probably heard in other areas. For me, one struggle has been the community element. I some you know I definitely miss a lot of friendships. Sometimes like we've been hanging out in Nashville all week. And we're, we have a lot of friends there. And so it kind and of. We have friends here in Florence. We have friends where here where we're at in Florence now. And so it revitalizes that whole draw to want to be immersed into a community when you can go in the same coffee shop and you see the same people there and you go to the gym. And You're you see, really into this idea of people knowing your name when you go in a coffee shop. Not knowing my name, but knowing knowing each other. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't know. But to me, like, that's those are the little things that I definitely. Uh, miss quite a bit like that belonging feeling yeah well just the community in general like whatever that means to you community means some different stuff but for me that's just one of the things personally what about you any other stuff I think that's true community on the road is a hard one crap breaks in the RV obviously like a house but that's yeah just like a house anything else that you want to bash on RV life for? No, I like it. If you're just joining, we're not bashing on RV life. (laughs) Uh, Michelle asked, what are some of the negatives, elements of living in RV? Full-time. So what's what's the third part of her question? Uh, Looking at your your first six months of full-timing, even though you were filming, what would you do differently now? This is a really good question. Everything. Really? Yes. I would have gone way slower. Way slower. Okay. So the question is, like, what would we do for different first, during our first six months? We'd go way slower. Way slower. We, I think we would have like taken like a maiden voyage in the RV before we started like traveling mm-hmm. because we didn't we didn't test it out you know I mean you flooded it before we it was stationary um, the first but month, it was yeah. totally stationary so we never really practiced like driving it and going somewhere and setting up and and figuring out like what our roles were gonna be in that whole process I would definitely. I would have, yeah, another another thing I would have done differently in the first six months is I would have researched boondocking. I didn't even know what boondocking was our first six months. So a lot of the people, a lot of people we meet in the Facebook group and stuff now, they do way more research in a good way than we did because we bought our RV, uh, basically jumped into it a month and a half later. We bought our RV the the day that we saw it. Like yeah. same day, went to the bank. And so, and so, I guess we did. We just didn't, and we were working Impetuous. towards our documentary that first year on the road. And so, we just didn't or spend crazy. a lot of time researching stuff. Uh-huh. And I wish I would have done more because I think we could have had a lot. We could have had a better experience. Well, I think we could have found more community because we didn't know anyone on the road at the time, and we especially didn't know anyone in their twenties on the road at the time. And like you said, like we didn't know about boondocking, and we were. Like we were never like into national parks or state parks before. So we kind of started with the, the Grand Canyon, I think was like our first national park to RV to, and trying to figure out like, how do you navigate an RV into these kind of parks and like, where do you camp and how do you figure all that out? Yeah, if we had done a, like any research versus our zero research that we did on that, yeah. we would have had a much better time, I think. And we could have seen a lot cooler places because now we do a lot of like national forests and BLM land, or at least we did last summer. And it was, it was great. Amazing. Yeah. 
like so there's something else. Researching before we Yeah, there's probably a middle ground. We didn't research any. Some people I'm sure probably over-research and you can overdo that. The other thing that I would do differently is get a better Wi-Fi jetpack from the start because it's hard yeah. to under, I need, we keep coming back to that, but we're all working on the road. So if I could do anything differently, people, I hear this time and time again, everyone's like, oh yeah, I heard from so many people that I should get a, um, jetpack that unlimited an unlimited jetpack or whatever and they then they try to go do uh wi-fi at campgrounds it just doesn't work it doesn't um, work it was oh wi-fi campgrounds yeah kelly asked uh at 33 feet do we get into most state parks i think so yeah. uh i know when we especially state parks when we were 29 feet there was a couple times where we'd go into some parks i think in the pacific northwest where you are where we were it was kind of tight like we, we went to uh, mount rainier Mm -hmm. And we went into that park that one night. Oh, it was pretty tight. Yeah, that so there's a couple crazy. times that there have been pretty tight parks, but I think for the most part, 33 is not that long for state parks. So we haven't had any issues. Right. Um, I think state parks are easier. Well, I don't know if they're easier than national parks, but at least with like national parks, you can at least get into every park with a big rig. You just might have to go in like a different side entrance or go to a different campground but yeah. they always have big rig options 24 people watching in what's up everyone okay so other big things we've learned in our first 1048 days of rv life how to work together that's just a marriage thing but yeah no i mean well whoever you're traveling with thing i think yeah. how to work together has been like the biggest thing we've learned right well i mean okay here we'll relate it to rv i like how you say right and then you keep talking <laughs> like no okay i don't need your opinion okay. <laughs> i got this one okay. but like you've you we've figured out how you can do the outside of the rv and get all that set up and i said the thin side yep when we arrive or leave places right and figuring out like that balance of like taking care of the rv and getting making yeah. things happen i would say also on top of that our first year on the road was also our honeymoon and we fought all the time about the gps oh, yeah. and so this was the biggest source. But our first year was fun right it was a lot of fun. Okay. No, I'm kidding. It was fun. Uh, so our first year, that was the big struggle for us was just like, honestly, we'd ro roll into new cities and we're already stressed because we're driving and kind of getting over the learning curve of driving this new RV. And then, you know, we make a wrong turn, have to U-turn, whatever. And so during the first year, for sure, the, there was a huge amount of stress on yeah. uh, the GPS. And so we've gotten way better about that. I loosen up my butthole, for lack of better words. I'm not as stressed out. I think that helps. I just kind of breathe and try to roll with the punches when things come up. Yeah. Um, like, it's okay if you go the wrong direction in a state that and you've never been to before. And also, you've got better at navigating. Y'all have talked about the flexibility Franklin had as an older rig. What would you recommend to up-and-coming young RVers about choosing an older or newer rig? So I think everyone should buy an older rig. I do, yeah, I have an opinion. on. So, I think... That was super helpful for us when we first started was buying an older rig for quite a few reasons. A, it was way cheaper. We didn't know for sure if we would like RVing. And so basically bought an RV that was mostly depreciated. It was 94, right. 11,000 bucks. We did a lot of, quite a bit of research before we specifically bought that one as far as like, if we wanted a truck camper right, or whatever. Right, because we looked at buying a truck and a truck truck camper or buying a tow behind it was going to be more expensive because trucks are so pricey yeah all that was going to be way more expensive and so we settled on doing a class c and uh figured that out and i don't know if we were really thinking about the fact that it was already depreciated and that we knew that we only wanted to rv no, for a year no. at the at the time we thought we were going to only rv for it was a year. more about just what's in our price range right and what we could, you know, sell in a year and it wasn't going to be a big deal. Buying an older one gave us a lot more flexibility. We paid it off. 
So we were also in the phase of trying to get our business up and going and earn income and keep traveling. And so having an older RV that was fully paid off mm-hmm. was huge. If we would have had another pay- RV payment and stuff, that would have... We couldn't have done it with it. Been, it would have been pretty rough. And so that's another reason why I think buying a used one was helpful for us. Okay, Bonnie asked, how long do we stay in one place? Hey, Bonnie, so we don't have a... First of all, thanks for watching. We don't have like a set time that we stay in one place. It's honestly, even though we've been on the road for three years, there's no typical thing for us. I kind of wish there yeah. was, there was, because it's mostly been project based. Like the first two years, really. I mean, we spent a month in Portland last summer, two weeks in Vance. But again, most of it has been project based. Like we had a documentary premiere, or we were filming right. across the country, or we had a client, or we came to this town where we're at now in Florence for two months uh, during last winter because this is where our editor lived. And yeah. so we've mostly focused on finding cool places around our travels and staying as, you know, as long Or finding cool places to travel around our work, right? Yeah. And, and, and yeah, and so this year, for example, we decided we were gonna travel the East Coast. I wanted to do, we wanted to do the fall in the Northeast again. And last time we were going through there, we kind of blazed through, we didn't get to see everything. Well, campgrounds in the Northeast close by like Columbus Day, mm-hmm. well, like up in uh, basically north of Massachusetts, which is where the leaves are super gorgeous. And we got, into that area on October 1st. So we had two weeks to hit like all what, five or six states lot, that yeah. are up there. And so we really didn't get to enjoy it. And so we're trying to do that again. And then now we're partnering with Jellystone and picking parks along our route to work with. Yeah, so so we can kind of work it out so that we can stay in each of those parks for a week and then take a day or two to travel. So the next one. Yeah. And so this is our first year where we basically came up with our route and then built like built client client projects it. around that. And so we're gonna be staying in a week in all these different places. So we don't- Here we're walk- gonna be here for like maybe 10 days and we'll be in like Tuscaloosa for like two days and then we'll be in Charleston for like three weeks. Yeah. So we really don't have an average <laughs> at all. No. We just mix it up. Yeah. I, but I think that's good for us because we like to have like one week where we are just like totally still and we can like hunker down and like get a ton of work done and then have like one week where we go on like lots of adventures and we film a lot for video blogs and stuff like that. Yeah. So we kind of, I don't know, we have like on weeks and off weeks almost. Yeah. There's been periods of time where I think, man, I could really go for a good month somewhere and how nice that sounds. But then after a week or two, sometimes I'm bored. So yeah. Then he's like, <laughs> let's go. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. would love to hear from y'all in iTunes or have y'all subscribe to the podcast so you get little notifications whenever each new episode goes live. I read all of those. We're up to over 170 reviews in iTunes. And I just want to thank y'all so much for tuning in and taking the time to listen to this podcast, whether you're driving, walking, looking at your RV, <laughs> potential future RV, whatever you're doing right now. I, I'm super grateful for y'all listening and for the emails, Instagram messages, Twitter messages and tweets and however else you guys have reached out. Uh, I'm really grateful for y'all and I will see y'all next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.